is just calm the emotions around what's happening with the money, right? Because especially like if we take cryptocurrency for right now, it's up and down and like who knows what's happening with most of it. It's like be okay in the investment world for the long game, right? There's lots of investors that talk about the long game. You really got to think the long game, the short game is going to have you an emotional mess. Right. But anytime we talk about money and what we're trying to accomplish, like long term, it's much easier to see the end goal instead of like every day it's up and down and, and all over the place. And like I say, especially dealing with money, you're going to be an emotional mess and you're going to quit. So think the long game. Don't quit. Welcome to the Wealth Matters podcast, where investors come together to better understand how to build passive cash flow and create generational wealth without all the confusing mumbo jumbo. Here's your host and co-author of Amazon number one bestseller, Alpesh Pamar. Welcome to Wealth Matters Podcast. I am going to talk to Mr. Joe Burns today. Joe is based out of um, Salt Lake City, Utah. So we were talking about Salt Lake City and how, you know, I, I loved that area, pro, etc. He's the founder of the Next Gen Millionaires. Joe Burns doesn't just help people increase their income. He trains innovators and industry disruptors to take command of the money in their lives so they can better exert power in their decision-making, control in their pocketbooks, and leadership in their field. Welcome, Joe. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Absolutely. Hey, so we always start with this uh, strange question. Tell us something interesting or funny about yourself. Something funny about myself. I, I think a fun story about myself is I've always wanted to go to Europe. And the one time I had the opportunity in the recent past, it's a fun story between my wife and I, we were supposed to go together, except for I got a kidney stone and she left me at home with the kidney stone and still went on the trip. Whoa, whoa. We, we laugh about it. It's kind of a, a fun thing. And people be like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah, like, that, that, you know. That's great. <laughs> that's funny <laughs> that I have not heard of, but that's good that she had fun. <laughs> yeah, she had, she had a lot of fun without me, right? She with a friend and exactly uh, kind of fun stories around travel and, and kind of it's not the first time something like that that's happened yeah. where I've gotten some physical thing that's happened to me where I was able, oh, wow. able to go and she's just like well not that she doesn't love me but she's like well we got the trip so I'm gonna go and yeah yeah we can't one. cancel and lose the tickets come on we can't <laughs> right. lose the money <laughs> <laughs> Hey, so let's talk about what kind of assets do you invest in right now and why? A lot of the, if you look at investing um, from what I look at, right, mostly just stocks, I have a stock portfolio. You know, a lot of people ask me because I do talk about money and I try to say it to like the, the emotional side of money. They've asked me about cryptocurrency, especially where cryptocurrency is just like doing weird, crazy stuff right now. I mean, it's up, it's down, it's like all right. over the place. And then, you know, like we've talked a little bit before we started the show, like real estate, um, I'm not there yet. But that's definitely something that I want to, right? Kind of as you were talking, why you do real estate investing, right? And, and the kind of the, the impacts and things you want to make. I think there's a, a large benefit to being able to kind of help with those areas that are underserved in all investing, right? And yes, it, so that's kind of what I, my portfolio looks like for this time. I mean, I'm not a, a super huge investor, uh, but it's definitely something I know that can help me grow my wealth. Got it. Yeah. So most of my listeners are investors and that's why I asked that question. And as we spoke right before the podcast, I focus a lot more on real estate. Of course, I still do have some stock portfolio 
as well as I do a lot of cryptocurrencies, by the way, uh, because I come from IT world, as we discussed earlier, right? I love cryptocurrencies, not just for making money, but the technology behind it, right? Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. It's, I get goosebumps talking about, you know, understanding Bitcoins or Ethereum and not just those, but a lot of other currencies, just that, you know, uh, this could change our lives, you know, in 10 years, this could be a lot different, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm simply right. So I come from the technology background as well. And I remember reading about Bitcoin back in 2010. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> interesting, right? Because I was interested in kind of like the technology behind kind of controlling the currents and, the, you know, the blockchain and, and what this could do for future as we develop the technologies, right? Like what's the future hold? Like those possibilities. Right. It was really exciting to me. Yeah, um, it's interesting. And the real estate is, of course, my core portfolio because, uh, you know, I prefer having a cash flow mm -hmm. as well as tax benefits, right? No, so, right, right. You, gotta, and, you definitely got to do that. Yeah. And then the third portion, as I spoke about impact investing, um, is because I want to impact other people's lives by investing in mobile home parks or senior housing, you know, providing them a nice place to live, yeah, which they are, you know, proud of, right? So yeah. that's how I invest. So, but let's talk about money. Why do you talk about money? Or why do you talk to money? That's what I heard from you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And people, when I say that, like, they're like, you know, tell me something about you. And I'll usually start off with like, you know, I talk to money and they're like, wait, like they kind of laugh at first, kind of like <laughs> you just did, right? You're just like, okay, you talk to money. And then and I'm like, no, literally I talk to money. Right. And you know, if we, we were showing the recording of this, I, I have a $10,000 stack of cash that I keep on my desk. Oh, wow. That just sits here. Right. And I talk to it and I journal to it and we have conversations and people are like, well, isn't that kind of weird? Um, <laughs> and, and some people could say it is weird. Right. Because I'm talking to this inanimate object and I'm like, what, what, you know, why, you know, and I had a mentor a long time ago. He was teaching me some other stuff. And he's, you know, and it was a little out there kind of like in the woo world. Right. And I'm like, I don't know about this. And he's like, listen, he's like, just try it because it's only weird if it doesn't work. Right. It's so true. we look at like personal development and changing ourselves and, and looking at different like strategies and, techno and technologies and things to work. Like if it doesn't work for us, then it might be weird and kind of far out there. But if it actually works for us, what's the harm? Yeah. Right. So I started talking to money. Right. I, I feel I had an affinity to money. I've able to earn quite a bit of it in my life with ease. And so I'm like, well, how if I started talking to it? Right. If we start looking at money as a relationship. Right. I started like my brain started going here and I'm like, well, if it's a relationship and I want to make more of it, maybe it's kind of like a friendship. Right. And, yeah. you know, there's not many friends I have ever had in my life or even even acquaintances that if I stop talking to like they keep a, they like stay in my life right they usually kind of drift away right that's that's true right but if you keep a, a like a, a relationship an open conversation with people then they tend to stay around yeah so I started talking to money and and the crazy thing about it is it kind of started talking back and then through that process, right? I've been able to understand like, what are my thoughts? What are my emotional pieces that are tied to money? And as I've worked through those through my life and, um, and that's what I teach people to do, then their wealth increases, right? They, they earn more. They're able to take, make better money decisions. They're able to make uh, better decisions around money or even investing, right? Without really having an emotional response to it, but really having a a more pragmatic response to, okay, how do I want to do this? And how's it going to affect, you know, what my long-term goals are? So, so it, it's been kind of a fun tool just kind of to share around it and see what people do with it. So that, that's really interesting. What do you exactly talk to money about? Well, what I mean, do you I, say? <laughs> literally, I'll, I'll say, and a lot of people ask, so Joe, what do I ask it? And I'm like, well, what would you ask a friend, right? If you haven't, if you don't feel like you have a good relationship with it, would you just say, hey, here are my deepest, darkest secrets? No, you'd like start off with kind of some more, you know, kind of ice breaking conversations, right? And not so much like how's the weather, but just like, hey, money, what's up? What are you up to today? That's usually where I'll tell people to start because we might have money in our lives. We, you know, uh, definitely people who are investing in real estate, you have some cash flow, right? So you have money, but the question is, are you taking the time? 
time to actually talk to it and ask it what it's looking for, what it needs, what you need, right? And as we start doing that, then we can actually start having a better relationship with it. And again, it goes back to all the other things I talked about. Like we, we start really understanding like what's the stories and what's the thoughts that we have around it, right? Like I said, I have a $10,000 stack of cash that sits on my desk. And the first time I brought this home, my wife had a physical reaction to it, right? And there were some stories that come up because, you know, when she was growing up, if we look back at like the past things that have happened when she was growing up, like that was like half her mom's yearly salary that I was just yeah, like having a cash right. sit here yeah. on my desk. Right. And so there's all these experiences that we've had as people that when we actually have real cash in our lives, it can start to trigger some of these emotions and some of these memories. And it, it kind of puts it in our face. And that's why I like real cash and talking about it. When we do investments, when we make deals, when we um, have business transactions, sometimes it's too much separated from us personally. They were like, oh, that's just business. Right. So we kind of drop the emotions and be like, oh, that's just a business transaction whether they get it or not. But if we dig deeper, we can kind of see that there are emotions that are there, but we're just kind of suppressing them. You know, if we're going to make like a real estate investment uh, purchase and we're like, I don't know. And, you know, it's a deal to be made. And what happens if we get it or don't get it, right? There's there's some emotions that are happening. And and always in my, in my world, I always ask people, well, what emotions are happening and why? Are we happy because we got the deal? Cool. That's awesome. It's something to celebrate, right? And we're like, yeah, like cash flow. And we can see uh, you know, like for you, you're like, when you make a deal, you know, based on what you want to do for impact, you're like, oh, cool. Now I'm impacting more lives. Yes. Right. That, that makes you happy but when you lose out on it. Right. You're like, oh, I'm not as impacting as many people as I could. Right. And we'll go on to the next deal. But again, we want to dive deeper to be like, what's money really telling us? Right. Because there's money involved in these transactions. And it's kind of that game of win lose. Right. When we don't win at what we're trying to accomplish, what emotions do we really start feeling? Because what happens is those emotions then kind of trigger other actions to be taken. And if we can go back to the emotions, and be like, hey, what's the emotion I have around money? Because it's obviously, act, you know, forcing me to take actions. Right. You know, and when if you, if you look at, you know, the, the the internet definition of insanity, right? It's doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. And a lot of times we do this with money, right? We keep taking action and we get the same result. We're like, man, I don't, what, what's going on, right? I don't know what's going on. But if we take a step back, you know, a lot of people say, oh, just go do different things, you know, take different action, stay in action, don't stop. But I'm like, if we take it one step back further, it's way more powerful to look at like, hey, what's our emotions or what's our, our behaviors or what's the feelings that are coming up around how we even feel about this. And then as we dive into that, then we have a better understanding of how we respond and we can take different actions or make different choices based upon the situation of where we're at. And that is very interesting. I have another question. What's the most common issue you see restricting people's earning potential? Uh, the biggest thing that people like their earning potential or their relationship with money uh, when it comes to money is really it's it's past abandonment issues. And that's really kind of broad, right? Because everybody's life story is different, right. right? So it could be, you know, as much as, you know, divorced parents, which I see a lot with clients I have, or it could be as simple as, you know, my dad didn't show up to a baseball game, right? As children, we, we, we form all these at emotional attachments to events that we have. Right. And the crazy thing is when I started kind of my own personal journey, I found out that a lot of those are attached directly to our earning potential and the confidence we have to show up when it comes to money. Because money really signifies to us possibilities of the future. And it could be as, you know, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it could be like that first tier where it's like just survival, right? We have to have money to have, you know, food, shelter, water, housing, right? Those basic necessities right. of life, right? It starts out there. And once we get that, once we're really good about like providing those things and not feeling stressed about it, then we go into, you know, we start moving up into the other things we want. Like, you know, for this case, you know, I want to go make an investment deal. You know, how am I going to respond to that? Right. So it starts to up level, but 
if we never go back and look at some of those things, then that kind of failure piece of whether we get deals, make deals, whether we we close you know the sale or we don't close the sale starts to really push on some of those old beliefs and behaviors that we have. And like I said, most of them with money, as I've seen through the years I've done coaching, are all based around some type of abandonment, how it's not going to be there for us. So we hesitate or we, we kind of second guess some choices when they don't work out the way we want them to. Got it. That is very interesting. So I have another question because we are talking about money. And why do you believe understanding your relationship with money is more important than almost any other aspects of business? I think that at the end of the day, like if we can understand that relationship, right? If we take, you know, because there's plenty of like, courses on out there. And there's plenty of really smart people when we talk about kind of the IQ around money, right? Like budgeting, finance, investments, all those things. Like there's tons of really cool things. The thing is not a lot of people are talking about the emotional side of that, right? So if we can grasp what that emotional side is, we start to make better decisions in our own personal lives. We may start to make better decisions in business. We start to make better decisions when it comes to investing, just overall, all our interactions with money because we know why we're doing things right now. You know, when we go to, to, to buy a property or, or we do investments or even like business deals and say, Hey, you know, maybe I should sell this product or that product. A lot of times we do it based upon, you know, just like that headspace of like, where's all the data that supports what I want to do next. And it's an okay place to be. The problem is, is if it doesn't work out the way we want it to or not, then there's an emotional kind of come apart that will happen, right? Either way, it can be positive. Sometimes we're like, Oh yeah, this is so awesome. It really worked out for me. And then we go to try to do it again. And this has happened to me plenty of times in business where I try to go do the same thing again, I have different results. And I'm like, oh, that didn't work out so well, right? So if we pull back to the emotional relationship side, then we can start to really understand what our response is going to be, then we have more control later on to change it in the process of like that transaction we're doing, or that deal that might be, you know, say we're doing a business deal, it doesn't kind of, it's not the negotiation isn't going the way we want it to go, you know, so there's some really good salespeople out there that can, that can pivot in the moment, right? And there's other people who are going to be like, they're going to get told no, or they're like, oh, this isn't working out the way I want to go. And like their energy will drop, right? They'll feel defeated even before the process is done. If we can take that back and, and start being more powerful and empowered in ourselves with this relationship, then we really have a stronger sense of being able to make small corrections during that process so that our stories aren't influencing what the outcome of the deal is. This reminds me of the book by Simon Sinek, right? Start with why, how great leaders inspire everyone to take action. Yeah. Right. Because that's exactly what he uh, talks about. Not just why money, but m basically start with why. Why do you want money or why do you want to do this thing? Why do you want to start a business? Right. Well, so all of that, once you figure out your why, then everything will uh, you know, fall into place. Yeah, that's a lot about that, right? I mean, if we if we can find that why in our passion and what we really want to do, and that's why I talk impact a lot. That's why I love your impact, right? You you have this bigger goal of why you want to do real estate investing and what specifically you, you know you want to do. You want to take care right. of seniors and and have affordable housing and and, and make it more you know, attainable for everybody. Right. And okay. without that goal, and you just be like, I yeah. don't know, maybe, maybe <laughs> that property might do good. Maybe not. Right. And you, and you go back into, you're not really happy with what you're doing, but with you have that why and that passion, then, you know, you're going to go after that and through that process, right. If we can work on a relationship during that process and follow that passion, then we're going to make loads of money and we're going to be really happy with what we're doing. Cause I, I don't know about you. I've met plenty of business owners who make a lot of money who are really miserable. And I'm oh, like, yes. <laughs> why? There's no reason to it. Right. There's, exactly. there's no reason why yeah. you're not happy. Money's money's yeah. not the end all. It definitely helps us get to where we want to go. But. Yeah. No, that, that reminds me of a story and this is a true story, but I heard it on another podcast where the you know person mentioned that you know he's he's a business coach as well and was working with and a mental coach he was working with a 
you know, millionaire like this guy is rich and the millionaire wasn't happy because he couldn't uh, purchase a new private jet. <laughs> he was literally distressed and upset. And I'm like, oh man, <laughs> right? So that, you know, you, as you said, you will meet a lot of people who are rich, but they may not be happy, right? Or, yeah. yeah. Well, this is a good example, even with like on the money conversation, right? Because like he's feeling defeated because he can't buy a new private jet. People, some people would be like, well, what world, you know, first world problems that would be right to have. Right. To be, like, <laughs> but if we, if we even move it down to write more attainable, you know, we might be sad because we, we don't have enough to, to purchase a new property or even bring it back. Right. Even for the bare necessities, you know, there, there are people still struggling to figure out even how to house themselves. Right. Right. And so even people that are kind of in that demographic of like not even business, not investing, not, you know, they're just trying to make life happen to people who have millions of dollars who can't buy a private jet. The problems are still all the same. Yeah. yeah. Right. And that's, that's the crazy part when it comes to money. Like we can have all the money in the world, but our problems are still going to be there unless we start taking care of our problems. If we take care of us, right. then we can start managing and, and leveraging those assets we have in our lives in a way that is helping us reach our end goal. Versus us just being sad and depressed because we couldn't make something happen. Yeah, no. So um, th this is awesome. Let's talk about budget because um, you know whenever I listen to and we'll talk about that as well. Whenever I listen to Dave Ramsey and others, budget is so important. I always at the start of the year I come up with the budget and then you know I try to sit down with my wife and it never works, right? <laughs> it never goes <laughs> yeah. because by the by the second month it's all done. That budget is nowhere to be seen. So, is it a good idea to have a solid budget? I mean. I don't usually talk budgets and I'm like, you know, some people like Dave, like, you know, you mentioned Dave Ramsey and others in the financial place, like have a budget. I think it's, I think it's sound to have a budget, right? So we can tell our money what to do, where to go. I think from an emotional perspective, having a budget is a good way to help us see where that money conversation is really pushing on us, right? Where it was kind of poking holes in, in how we feel about it, right? Because I mean, the essence of a budget is we're going to sit down, we're going to allocate where our money's going. Right. Right. And theoretically, I understand Dave Ramsey's process, right? It should equal zero at the end of the month, right? You should yeah. tell your money everywhere where it needs to go. Right. The, pro the problem with people in budgets is, is kind of like the same when business. Like I talked to so many business owners and I'm like, okay, let's start talking numbers. Let's talk, you know, money. Cause I love talking like exact numbers. I'm like, so what'd you make in the last three months? And they're like, I don't, I don't know. know. I'm like, yeah. well, if you don't know, how do you know where you want to go? Yeah. Right. We're just like, <laughs> cash flow. We kind of have some idea of what we want. I have clients all the time. Like early on in my coaching, I had a client who came to an appointment one time was just like stressing out. And she's like, I can't hit my goals. I'm like, well, what'd you set? She's like, well, you know, and as we talked, I, I like working in six week goals, not 90 day goals. Cause it messes with our brains. Right. Everybody talks 90 right. day goals. So they're like, so if we talk six week goals, then it's not a month and it's not two months. It's somewhere in between, but she had a $12,000 goal for six weeks. And she's like, I'm like, well, what have you made? And she's like, Oh, I don't know. Maybe like three or 4,000. And it's the beginning of her business. I'm like, okay, but you don't know. She's like, no, I don't. I'm like, well, pull up your numbers. Like, let's look at this. Like it frustrates me sometimes when I talk to my clients. Cause I'm like, this is your time with me, but if we're right. going to talk numbers and, and you're not going to bring your numbers to the call, I mean, that's up to you, right? That's how you want to use your time. So I'm like, right. cool. <laughs> that works for me. Like, let's pull them up though. And she looks at it. She's like, Oh, I've already actually made like 14,000. Wow. Right? So if we look at this in, in, in our personal lives with budgets or even in business with budget, it's important to look at these numbers. Like I encourage my clients to look at it weekly and some of them have complete come aparts because they're like, oh, I don't want to look at this or they make excuses about right. why I'm like, if we want a better relationship with money, we have to look at what the numbers mean. Because here's the thing, numbers don't tell us our self-value or our self-worth. They simply tell a story. And what's that story saying? I need to make more sales? 
I have too much, you know, too many expenses, or I have like a balance of expenses and, and, and income, so I'm okay, right? If we don't look at it, we don't know. So from that perspective on a budget, I would say it's important to have as a tool to show us what we need to change and which levers we might need to move in our lives so that we can have a more balanced relationship with money. And it's going to tell us a lot. Like if we look at it from that perspective, of, if it's telling us a story, then we can start watching spending habits. We can start watching like, hey, when we get like this month, why did we go deficient? Oh, I got really stressed. So I did stress buying, right? Or this month we had a surplus. Oh, we did actually pretty good with our budget and we didn't buy a lot of things that weren't in the budget, right? If we go about it at that point of saying, hey, it's a story of our lives from a financial perspective, then we can start to make better decisions in the following months versus just reacting to it and being like, oh, I don't know. And like you said, you know, when you sit down with your wife and you guys have the budget and then like by month two, it's gone, right? That tells a story to be like, we're avoiding that aspect of our lives, right? We're right. not holding to it. It kind of starts into a kind of a boundary conversation too, where boundaries aren't restrictive. They're actually very freeing, but we have to understand why we want to have the boundaries, right? The, the budget's kind of like the boundary for the money. It's telling you where it's going to go. And it's like, budgets are always a fun conversation. Cause I'm like, I, for the reasons why other people say you need a budget, I don't, I don't push that same thing because I don't one person's budget might work for some person. You know, there's like a thousand exactly. different budget tools out there. I'm always more interested in the story it's telling us because there's more power in them than in just like looking at the raw data, right? It's like looking at mountain loads of raw data and being like, I don't know, right? What is this trying to tell us? Too much data can sometimes yes. blind us from what really is going on. So if we can understand the story and what it's telling us, then we can start to make different decisions going forward. So uh, let's talk about, because we mentioned David Ramsey, Suze Orman and other, uh, what do you think of their ideas, right? <laughs> I definitely have some conflicting ideas with with some of them. Um, what I really enjoy is that uh, from, from the outset that everybody's trying to just help people change really the way they're thinking and interacting with money and everybody's modality is different. And this is a cool thing about like any industry, right? To have more voices is always good because people learn differently, right? There's yes. some ways people are going to learn like not everybody's a good fit to work with me because I explain it one way and I have certain methodologies I use and that's not going to work for them. But I, I think overall, like all the people talking about money in the industry right now, especially the big hitters like Dave Ramsey or, or Susie Orman, it's good that we're starting to change that conversation, right? Because in my eyes, money is one of those, it's kind of one of those taboo conversations we never talk about, right? Yeah. Talks about like the Thanksgiving conversations you never yeah. talk about, like, politics and religion, right? Those yeah. are like off the table always. And then the unsung, like the unsung hero of that same trio is like money. Nobody wants to talk about money. Right. Ever. Like, yeah. Because we have not been taught about it. You no. Know, we, no one teaches that in the school, you know, it's not in school and home. Right? I remember <laughs> no, no, <my> nowhere. <laughs> right? I remember my parents growing up and it was always a secretive thing, right? Yeah. And I think it goes back to a lot of like what money allows us to have or not have. And so a lot of people feel shameful around not having right. enough. Right. And if we can change that. Right. And that's why I like as hard as it is to talk about money sometimes uh, it's taken like in, in the beginning. I'm like, I don't know. Am I going to like hurt these people's feelings? And now I'm just like, whatever, I'll just like talk. But it's starting to change that, especially in the circles I'm in and the people and, and even with my family. Right. I'll, I'll share with them how much we made last year. Right. I'll share with them like all these things. And at first, it, like my parents were like, wow, what? I'm like, well, I mean, if you don't know, then I mean, when I first started, like left corporate for good, my mom kept asking me always. She's like, when are you going to get a real job? Right. Like, yeah, I, I, I still I still hear that from my parents. My I do dad. too sometimes, and I'm like, I like, do have a real job. Yeah, 
for the last five, six years. Are you going to get a job? I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> what? And go back and make less than I'm making now? Like, yeah, it doesn't make sense, right? But and enjoying more. <laughs> yeah, right. And life's that's, so much better, right? And so it's crazy. So when we look at money and and how I see it that way, right? If we can change the conversation around it even a little bit, right? Then it can start to happen. It becomes commonplace, right? I have nieces and nephews that come over to my house all the time. And I leave my money out of my desk and my office door is only closed when I'm in a meeting or something, right? And I have one, she's the best and she's about eight and she always comes and she always like, Uncle Joe, I want to see your money. I'm like, what money? The money in my wallet? She's like, no. And she holds her hands up like that. She's like, no, your money, yeah. right? She holds her hands up wide so she the can, bills. I'm like, oh, my stacks. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let's go see it, right? She like holds it. She's like, oh, this is so much, yeah. right? But it's just like, that's the kind of stuff I'm trying to uh, elicit, right? No, that, the, the that's kids great. are now talking different about it. And they're, yes. it's commonplace. They know when they come to Uncle Joe's house that there's money just around and it's not weird. It's yeah. not hidden. Nobody's going to get in, tr- in trouble for touching it, right? Yeah. It's just so- it's commonplace. <laughs> So this is what I've been trying to do with my kids since last year, because everyone we are, we have been quarantined, pretty much locked down. So we have yeah. been at home. And and now every morning, either my older one or my younger one, as soon as they wake up, they'll ask me, what's the price of Bitcoin? Oh, nice. <laughs> and then the, in the evening, they're, what's Ethereum doing? I'm like, wow, that's cool. They at least understand. Because <laughs> that's, I, that's I, I good. keep telling them about you know money and investing and you know, all of this. Yeah, so it's pretty interesting. I want them to know. <laughs> yeah, like that's stuff my parents never talked about, right? When it comes exactly. To investing in that stuff, like <laughs> I had to read books and figure out, like, not even go bash the public school system in the US, but like, I remember going through school and like, there may have been one class where they taught me how to like balance a checkbook, but that was like it, right? If you didn't go down the course of like, there, like yeah. accounting, then there were no classes. Oh, yeah. Right. So yeah. there's no like, you know, even financial like awareness classes or anything like that. Like, it floors me. I'm like, it's such a big part of our lives and we continue to hide it, right? Because yeah. everybody's too scared to talk about it. So no, I, I agree because I uh, did my engineering and nothing about money. And then if you hear, listen to Robert Kiyosaki, that's the same thing he keeps, you know, bringing up, right? Yeah. We don't talk about personal finances. We don't talk about money. We don't talk about investments, right? Only goal is to, you know, study hard, uh, work hard, find a good job, a yep. well-paying job, and then work nine to five for till you are oh 68. <laughs> right? And at my age, it's like in the 70s now, right? If you want social security, which will probably never be there for me. Exactly. Right? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Don't even bother. Like, <laughs> yeah, right? And when I first started looking at like leaving corporate world and entrepreneurship, I'm like, man, it just like, I have to do this for another 40 years. Like, yeah. I don't want to do this. Nope. Right? So... Yeah, I'm with you on that. Like, so if we just talk about it, we become like unabashed about talking about it and not in a way of like throwing it in people's faces, right? And I think right. that's what sometimes people think they're doing or comparing. I'm like, drop comparison, but just understand where you're at. Let it tell a story. If you're happy where you're at in your nine to five, cool, go for it. Like, I'm that, all that's for what it. I say all the time. Yeah. Right. But if you don't want that nine to five, if you want something different, then there's just right. a million different ways to make money. Oh, there are a lot of opportunities. Yeah. I, I tell friends and, and, you know, my listeners all the time that, you got to make sure you are satisfied either at, uh, at your job, either, you know, because it's well-paying or either you are passionate about it. But yeah. if it's neither of them, then you got to look for something else. Then you are miserable there. You are not getting paid well and you don't enjoy it, right? Because I have friends, you know, they uh, they don't get, it means they, are, they get paid well, but not like crazy good, but they enjoy it, right? They, they enjoy going to work. They, they love what they're doing. And I'm like, that's well and good. If you love it, 
you shouldn't be living means you can start something on the side but if you are not enjoying and you don't get paid well uh, in the industry then you, it's time to you know look for something else yeah yeah like <laughs> and i'm all about that right that's why like i said earlier about like the passion like if we go after our passion then the money will always follow as well right you can't ever chase the money because we'll just be chasing our, our ourselves in circles our whole life and it doesn't yeah. work Exactly. So this was great. Let's take a quick break. And after the break, we'll go through the same questions I ask every guest. You're listening to the Wealth Matters Podcast. The Wealth Matters Podcast. For more info about what we do, check us out at wealthmatters.com. It's wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H, matters, M-A-T-R-S, dot com. Welcome back to Wealth Matters Podcast. Joe spoke about understanding money relationship today and i was pretty much excited and i learned a lot as well so joe are you ready for fire round let's do it okay would you be changing any business or investment strategy after this pandemic is over i think definitely like i said in the beginning i wanted to uh real estate's always been on my mind i think i mean i just got to get in on it so now now's the time to start doing something like that Favorite finance or personal development or business book? I think my favorite one that I just read was uh, Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. A brilliant book. Like I love it. I've read it. I don't usually read books multiple times. I've read it three times already. Oh, really? Okay. I got yeah. to read it. I love Simon Sinek. That's why I brought up the book, Start With yeah. Why, right? He's, yeah. he's yeah. awesome. The way it changed some thinking in business I have is just, yeah, okay. it's a really good book. I got to check it out. Any tool or website you recommend, let's say for, you know, managing your personal finance or budgeting or something related to money. Because one I usually go to thing is like an, an affirmation tool that I give to all my clients. So the one app that I know a lot of people use is you need a budget. I mean, we talked about budgets earlier. Yes. If you've got one, maybe it's time to get one. Yeah, me, right? or you need a budget or I think it's personal capital as well, right? Yeah, but you know, time and again, like I said, in the budget thing, like let it tell a story, but don't let it dictate what you're going to do. Got it. Any advice for beginner investors? I think the biggest thing, like looking at beginning investing, just look at my own journey. It's just calm the emotions around what's happening with the money, right? Because especially like if we take cryptocurrency for right now, it's up and down and like who knows what's happening with most of it. It's like be okay in the investment world for the long game, right? There's lots of investors that talk about the long game. You really got to think the long game, the short game is going to have you an emotional mess, right? But anytime we talk about money and what we're trying to accomplish, like long-term, it's much easier to see the end goal instead of like every day it's up and down and, and all over the place. And like I say, especially dealing with money, you're going to be an emotional mess and you're going to quit. So think the long game, don't quit. So to agree with that, right? That's why I got out of stock market and I let my you know money manager handle it because I'm like, my ROT return on time was not enough because <laughs> I was always watching the market. I was losing my family time. And, and then it was always emotional. When I see the green, I'm happy. When I see the red, I'm sad. Right? Yep, yep. So, you know, same thing now that I do crypto, but you know, uh, as you said, now I don't even bother with it because my core is real estate. Crypto yeah. and everything else is, I don't, uh, I, those are more um, so asymmetric risk, but they are not going to pay me uh, every month. I want to focus my core portfolio has to be where I get paid every month, right? Yeah. I'm Everything you else, you know, just uh, let it, <laughs> let it be there, you know, watch it once a day if you need to, but otherwise it, it's, it's not going to make you make your, uh, you know, make or break your budget. That's another thing. Don't invest what you can't afford to lose in stocks yes. and crypto. Oh, 
if you are losing your sleep or losing your hair then you have invested way more than you should have <laughs> yes <laughs> yep yep anything i invest like in the stocks or even in crypto is all f- what i consider fun money right it's exactly, stuff exactly yeah not my budget it's like cool i'm gonna play around with this i'm gonna have some fun right, right? It brings a whole different air yeah. to when things go up and down i'm like cool yeah. I made some money. cool today i lost some money yeah we all need that adrenaline that's about it (laughs) 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 how do you give back i give back by looking for communities that i can go teach about money so part of a bunch of different groups one can one specific uh, a couple different african-american groups and and have a lot of contacts in those areas so i'll go teach free classes understand where they're at and how they you know how i can use my skill set to help them get out of the situations they're in and help set them up for success in the future so i really enjoy helping the underserved communities that a lot of people just kind of forget about to try to teach them these principles and and help set them up for success and say hey listen you know here's what you can do with money here's how it's affected you you know not even yourself but culturally how it affects you. Yes. And, and here's how we can break that, right? How we can, big hot topic in America, obviously right now is racism, right? Yes, and a, huge. A, a huge conversation around racism and money uh, that I've been tackling as well. So using my voice as, as a white man in America uh, to try to help out some of these voices that aren't being heard, especially yes. in the finance industry. So yeah, um, this is that's awesome. That it's a lot of fun. Doing. I so. agree. Some of these communities, we do need to help, right? Other, otherwise they will be left behind. Yeah. And this is the time for them to stand up. This is the only way for them to get counted, right? So yep. I agree. Thank you for doing this. And this was awesome. How can my listeners switch out to you? Um, best place to go is just go to my website. Uh, that's josephmburns.com. I do a weekly publication. You can sign up as a newsletter. Um, and then anything else that I'm launching or any products I have are on there. So they feel free to browse around and you know just get to know me a little bit better. Thank you so much, Joe, for your time. Thank you. It's been a blast being on here. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Matters Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes so others can enjoy the show too. Have a great week and happy investing.